It's time to get back to the Matt Wyatt Show. Live in the studio. Hi, back with you. Here we go. Hour number two of the show off and running in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance across the great state of Mississippi. Your hometown heroes, that's your local Farm Bureau Insurance agents. Uh, Rolling along with you, just getting started in hour number two. Hour one, lots of NFL. Tip of the cap to Mississippi State men's basketball. They beat Ole Miss, and so they'll split the series. Ole Miss won in Oxford this year. State won in Starkville. State really needed to win it. You know, they get these these hanging on by thread hopes of, you know, their net's good. They want to have the kind of resume that'll get them in the NCAA tournament. You know, trying like crazy, and it just felt like after dropping a game in Oxford, dropping a game in Gainesville, this one you couldn't drop this one at home. Um, and I know it's early. I know it's a rivalry, but anyway, they did it. 78-60 state. All five of state's starters uh, scored in double figures. Molinar led the team with 20, led all scores with 20 in the ballgame. Was two of five from three-point range. Four out of five on a free throw line. Had two assists in there and four steals. Those four steals were big. 20 points for Molinar. Garrison Brooks, 17 points. Three rebounds. You know, what's weird is, you know, if the box score doesn't lie, you you had, um, what, 29 rebounds as a team. You out-rebound Ole Miss 29-21, but eight offensive rebounds in the ballgame for State. But just three offensive rebounds the entire ballgame for Ole Miss. That was a big stat. Anyway, five starters. Let's see. Uh, Jeffries and Smith both had 11. Tolu, you know, that was the scary thing. At the end of the game, State had the game in the bag, and then he buckled that left knee, had to leave the ballgame. Turns out it's not like an ACL. He's not out for the year, but he is week to week, and that's a big deal to keep an eye on. JV and Davis, good minutes, 13 minutes off the bench for State, uh, six points. Matthews, 15 minutes off the bench, hit a three-point shot, and went in there and grabbed um, six rebounds. So uh, State got it done, game that they had to win. Now, um, I'll open it up. We're going to talk about NFL overtime now. i got some thoughts. It's, it's out there after the Chiefs and Bills game last night. Every time something like that happens, you, you know, we, we bring it back up. Unfair, unfair overtime. It's just unfair. How can you have overtime rules where, um, you know, one team never gets to touch the ball? How can you have an overtime in a sport like the NFL that's dictated by something as silly as a coin toss? And that's where we all go. Um, that's where all this is. I would say that a majority of the talk – about the NFL overtime rules since last night, from fans to people on radio shows all over the country or whatever, talking heads on TV. Majority of that is negative about the overtime rules and not in support of the overtime rules in the NFL. Let me give you some perspective and then let's react to it, all right? And there are several ways for you to be a part of the show, and I hope you will be. Um, the show is streaming on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. All three of those platforms, you can comment. So if you comment and hit it, it'll pop up right here all in one column. I can see it all in one place. For instance, to kind of kick off the conversation, here on YouTube, uh, Chewmeister says, I really hope, Matt, that the NFL at least considers either a full quarter, talking about um, – overtime, or give both teams at least one possession, even if the first team scores a touchdown. Right. 
Yeah, how many minutes they put on the clock? What is it, five minutes? Whatever the time amount is, it's that's not really the issue that people talk about. It's the the ability to end the game with the other team never even getting a chance to have a possession in overtime. So, you can text me your thoughts on this NFL overtime conversation right here. 885-ESPN. It's a 601 number. 885-ESPN. That's the country-pleasing text line. Country-pleasing sausage. Get it all over the South and grocery store shelves. You can get it in Walmart. You can get it online. Country-pleasing.com. You ought to try it. If you try it, you're going to like it. I'm telling you. Uh, or call me on the Divinity phone, 995-1059. I have not done a good job today of getting to the phone calls in a timely manner, but I'll try to put my best foot forward and do better at that. Divinity phone, 995-1059. It's a 601 number, so call me and we'll talk. My... And let me say, too, I hope that nobody takes what I'm going to say as I'm just feeling good today on a Monday because the Chiefs won, and that's not it. NFL overtime rules are not designed to be fair. Now, (laughs) is that true? Do you agree? I really think everybody would actually agree whether we like it or not, whether we're willing to accept it or not. But take that statement, and I'm fixing to back it up. The NFL overtime is not designed to be fair. It's not its purpose. And I'm about to tell you why. First, over to the phone lines. Divinity Equipment phone on line one, Louvier. Thanks for being patient, Louvier. What's up? Good afternoon, gentlemen, and go Saints. So, uh... In the playoffs in the NFL, the, the clock doesn't matter. The game will not end in a tie. Someone is going to win the game. They'll play five more quarters. It doesn't matter if it's a 10-minute quarter or 12. It doesn't matter. The, the, the rules are first touchdown wins. If the, if the team that gets the ball first doesn't score, right. then, then the, the team that gets the ball second field goal wins the game. But if it's a, a driving hailstorm and they're playing and no one scores at all, they will continue to play until tomorrow. Right. So the clock and how much time is put on the clock is really irrelevant. In the regular season, they put 10 minutes on the clock, and a game can end in a tie, and that's kind of weird. But anyway, uh, earlier uh, you were reading some text and your opinion about the Bills not Quib kicking the ball, and you said it will just fall on it, and only one second will will run off. I, I I take issue with that math. Now, if you squib kick it down, or if you kick it high and they fair catch it, this isn't college ball. You fair catch it in the NFL, you get it where you caught it. Mm. In college, you get it at the twenty-five. You kick it out of the end zone, no time comes off the clock, and the and Patty Mahomes gets the ball at the 25-yard line, 25-yard line, and he's got timeout. Mm-hmm. That was Dak and Dallas's major flaw was that they didn't have any timeouts. And if you recall, one of those timeouts was because they didn't get lined up right. Mm-hmm. Timeouts in the second half are golden. you got to preserve them in the first half, and I believe you said it, you know, Gary, 
call a timeout because somebody's got to tie their shoe. That's fine. But in the second half, they are much more valuable, and the end of the game proves it. Dallas loses no timeout. Miraculously, Kansas City goes down and gets in field goal range. I still can't believe it. But some of the best football I've seen, for four games to all four end on a scoring play that decided the game, four games, are you kidding me? Yeah. That, that's, that, that's unheard of. By the way, I'll tell you my Super Bowl, I told you last week, I hope they all lose, and I'm going to continue with that. I hope the Rams host the Super Bowl on their own turf, and they get beat 1,087 <laughs> to 5. There, I said it. Go Saints. <laughs> go Saints. We're not letting that go at all. You know, and they go in there and beat Tampa Bay. I mean, what is it about the NFC South, Louvier, and the, and going up against the Rams <laughs> in the playoffs? Excellent points. And and I'm going to back up the overtime conversation, then I'm coming to your thoughts because, the, the as you can imagine, the text line is loaded and so is uh, some of the other stuff, Facebook, YouTube, elsewhere. All right, listen. And, and this is going to chime perfectly with some things that Louvier just said. The NFL overtime structure is not about fairness to both teams. That's not what it is. That's not the purpose. When they sat down and started as an NFL governing body, commissioner and everybody else, coaches, owners, and started structuring their NFL overtime stuff, their objective was not to have something that is fair. Their objective was to cater to a couple of things. First, television. Because above all, above all else, the NFL is about entertainment and making money via television. And fitting every game, even some of those that go to overtime, into that three-hour window, if at all possible. We're moving on to the next one. Because they know that preserves viewership, that preserves ratings, and therefore that fills the coffer. So that's the first thing they're catering to. All right, And the second thing they are catering to is getting the game over with for the players' sakes. Remember this. Think about this. Last night at the end of the ball game, having to defend those two quarterbacks, the best quarterbacks in the world, those defenses were zapped, not to mention banged up. The Chiefs had had two or three guys go out, including Tyron Matthew in like the first play of the game. And they go into the game with 53 guys on a roster. Total. It's not like college football who's got 100 guys dressed out literally for some non-conference home games. Or 85 or whatever it is. They don't have as many players. <laughs> so, and the owners who are in on the thinking process of we're going to design overtime, they're the ones responsible for paying these guys. They're the reason you only have 53. They don't want to pay more than that. This is enough. Let's pay these guys, <laughs> okay? It's not designed to be fair. It is also not designed to award the teams and the coaching staffs for getting the game to overtime. They have the NFL has taken this approach. I'm not, not going to reward you 
with some kind of big, long, drawn-out overtime and fairness and everybody gets to touch the ball because you can't put one another away in regulation. We care about TV and a time frame. Get this game over in the, in the slot because we got to move on to the next one. Normally. Okay? We're not going to reward you for making decisions to tie the game and get it to overtime. We're going to actually reward you at least by letting it hinge on a coin toss, and, and you could never touch the ball and get beat, you try to win the game in regulation. We don't want you playing for field goals. <laughs> if you can, I want you playing for touchdowns and get the thing over with. The NFL, number one, didn't design its overtime rules to be fair to anybody. They don't care about that. They designed it, number one, to fit for television. And preserve the viewership and the rating. Number two, to get players off the field. That's why they end them in a tie in the regular season, Livier. Exactly what you said. Get them off the field. And number three, incentivize. You win it in regulation. I'm not going to reward you because you didn't put the other guys put the other guys away or vice versa in regulation. Now, just like Louvier said, the playoffs are different. Why? Because you're not going to have a game ending a tie in the playoffs. So just keep going and keep going and keep going. Which is the reason they keep the rule that the first team to get the ball can end overtime with a touchdown. That's why they have it in. Because they have a playoff. It's a real playoff. (laughs) There's no... Well, they tied, but I like their resume, and they passed the eye test, so let's put them in the college football playoff. There's none of that. You either win or lose or tie. And in the NFL playoffs, there's no such thing as a tie. They Just like Louvier said, he's exactly right. They'll keep going to tomorrow morning if they have to. Therefore, the NFL will leave that in there. Because of their playoff structure, a real playoff, they'll leave it in there. Particularly for... Pl- Specifically for playoff games, so that the first team that gets a football, if they go score a touchdown, game's over. One, we fit it in for TV. Two, we don't keep players out there running plays on a 53 man roster for five hours. And three, we got to have a winner in the playoffs. We up the chances of all of that. So they've tied the regular season overtime policy to the postseason playoff. Overtime policy, even though they have to be a little different. And we look at it like, as fans and as even looking at it through the eyes of a Josh Allen, and we go, well, it's not fair. I mean, look, he, he didn't even get to touch the ball. They sat down at the table from the beginning and said, trying to figure out what's fair ain't going to work. That's not the objective. We look at it from the wrong perspectives. Then, if we can agree on that, because everything I said, true. Then if we can agree on that, we then can start to talk about, well, what's most entertaining? What's more fun to watch? College overtime or the NFL overtime? It ain't close. It's not even close. What's more on the edge of your seat, more drama, more intense, more urgent to watch? NFL overtime or College overtime. Now I'm talking playoffs. Okay, I'm talking playoffs because the, the, the regular season can end in a tie. 
But I'm talking about playoff overtime. Because <laughs> one team's going to be done. That's one thing. But what do you want to watch? The possibility that the first team that gets the ball can be sudden death within about four minutes? You ain't going to miss one second of it, even between plays. Or both teams are going to touch the ball, and then after that we're going to have dueling two-point plays from the two-yard line. All right, your reaction. Here we go. Country please and text line. Country please and sausage on grocery store shelves throughout the southeast. St. Louis Vic says, that's right, man. I was just about to look it up. Thanks. I'm turning on my co-workers here in St. Louis, Missouri, to show to your show and the station for something different. Thank you, Vic. I appreciate that very much. Doing the best I can. Love St. Louis. I want to go to a Cardinals game and bring my daughter this year. Uh, Bucky from Vicksburg says, You've got to play defense in overtime, period, bottom line. Yes, you do. You do, but offenses, they've got the advantage by the time you get to overtime. They're not rotating as many players. I mean, you go defend Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes for 60 minutes and see what it's like in that extra 10 with no break. Special K says, what about playing defense and stopping them to give your offense a chance? Isn't there a saying that goes defense wins championships? Yes, Absolutely it does. It is a team game. The other thing that, um, you know, about that NFL structure that ties in with everything else I pointed out about it is the emphasis on both sides of the ball. Patrick says, why not start the overtime like a new quarter? No coin toss needed. Play five minutes. Like a continuation of the fourth quarter? Is that what you're saying, Patrick? So, like, if you – are you Patrick, are you saying, like, whoever had the ball at the end of regulation, you've dri- – it's like soccer, right? Like just continuation time? Is that what you're saying? I hadn't thought about that. Fletch says, granted, I don't really have a dog in the fight, but I think your team is elite enough to win the next round. Then your D should be good enough to get a stop in overtime. There's emphasis on both sides, the way they do it, okay? It doesn't mean that, like, if we were to, if we, if we continually do this comparison of NFL overtime versus college, you, you run into all this stuff, and, and I do going, they don't have to be the same. They, they actually should be different because the, the structure is so much different in the NFL than it is in college. It's, it's just different, right? You, know, you don't want ties because there's no such thing as a, a playoff for an 8-8 eight eight team, <laughs> you know, like you have in the NFL. QB1 says the issue with overtime is that they didn't fix the problem when they changed the rules a few years ago. QB1 says before that rule changed – Teams could always have scored a touchdown to win, but they usually just got in field goal range and got conservative and settled for the field goal. So when they changed the rule, they didn't really fix anything. They should have made it to where each team had to get the ball. The best overtime rules are in the same sport, just lower level. There's no reason the NFL shouldn't do the same. That's QB1's perspective. He wants, at any cost, both teams to get the football. You know, and QB1, to your point, it does make you wonder – if the NFL is going to hear a lot of the criticism and eventually sit down and go, okay, we already have a tweak or a difference in our overtime rules for the playoffs 
than the regular season. We already have a difference. Why not just take the difference one step further and in the playoffs have a system where both teams do have a chance to touch the ball? You can have sudden death if the coin flip winner scores a touchdown in the regular season, but in the playoffs, we're going to go one step further making it different in that everybody does get a offensive, at least one offensive possession in overtime. I mean, they might, but then, you know, you you look at the clock and how much time are you going to put on the clock for those kinds of things? Because, you know, again, if you're going to do that and still put a time limit on it, QB1, do you get what I'm saying? If you're going to if you're going to say, okay, the overtime period is, let's just say 10 minutes. But now we're going to make sure both teams get a possession. Well, if I win the coin toss, why wouldn't I just use all the clock up as much as possible? You know, if I got a drive going, I go slow, I don't snap it, I take all this time, and now we got baseball. Now we're Major League Baseball where we're mad because batters step out of the box between pitches and readjust their gloves every time and put us all to sleep. Some really interesting comments on this point. Uh, Chewmeister in on it. Will on the uh, live stream. Welcome back to everyone on YouTube. We've got the stream going out on YouTube. And coming to those text messages, responses on the overtime rule stuff. You also, later in the show, you have a new top 25 preseason poll for college baseball from Baseball America. I will tell you where the Bulldogs and Rebels are. And one coach out here, a new head coach in the Power Five, has a strong feeling about this transfer portal stuff. And Anyway, I'll tell you what that is. Stick around. With more of the Matt Wyatt Show. The guy who, if he's not talking sports, he's fishing for bass, okay? But he's right here right now. All right, back with you. Uh, Will on Facebook says, in the playoffs, we have a smaller slate of games than a typical NFL Sunday, so just build some cushion into the broadcast time. Have them play the full overtime. If it's still tied, then go to sudden death. I mean... There's ways to do it. Yeah, and that's why I said, Will, you know, if they're going to – they've already – the NFL has already broken the playoffs away from the regular season to make the distinction between, you know, you can't have a tie game in the playoffs. They just keep going. Well, in the in the regular season, you do. So there's already a difference between regular season, postseason, overtime rules. And if they just want to take it further, there's all kinds of options, obviously. Um, but – you know, and I know they are paid professionals, the coaches, the staffs, players, quarterbacks, all that kind of stuff. They so they shouldn't be just thrown off by these by a major change, but they would be. You know, you you coach a certain way for a 17 game season, and anytime you run up against overtime, you practice those, you work on those, and and then to totally have a totally revamped scenario in the postseason. Maybe they just try to avoid that. But I still think the conciseness of the game as it pertains to television is very, very important to them. Very. I still think it's first priority because I think it's what's led to the current overtime rules we have in the NFL. And, and it's okay for us, me, you, any of us to have this di- disagreement or you have an idea, but I like this idea better or 
to, to have these conversations, if we could start on the base level of understanding, because you, you don't see this on Twitter, naturally, it's an overreaction platform. You don't see this. To just have the understanding at the beginning. They never sat down at the table as owners and commissioner to have something totally fair for both teams and fan base. That's, that was not a part of the decision-making. If they were just trying to be fair to both teams and the fan, both teams, both sets of players, it'd be totally different. Their overtime would be totally different. <laughs> They've got a different set of priorities. And they have, I can't really fault them for taking the approach, hey, all 32 teams, all 32 owners, all 32 coaches, all 32 quarterbacks, listen, we aren't in the business of rewarding you for needing extra time to decide this game. We ain't going to reward you for it. It becomes more critical. It becomes less fair. You want something fair, win it in the first four quarters. Because we got some other things we need to cater to. That's just the way they've done it. How can you blame them? How can you blame them? You look at what we got. You're saying, Matt, if the Chiefs were on the other side of this, you'd be singing a different tune. Well, maybe so. 99% of what I've said still remains true. <laughs> Call me on the Divinity phone, 995-1059, or shoot me a text on the country, please, and text line, 885-ESPN. Jason in Flagstaff, text the show, says exactly. Imagine that they play extra 5, 10, 15-minute periods, and those two teams can't separate over several overtimes, the winning team would be crippled for the next game or the playoffs. They prioritize, Jason, getting it over with. They don't have 85 players like they do in college. They can't, I mean, it's just different. Micah in baseball says, yo, Matt is finally back on YouTube and I can finally listen. Hail State. Micah, thanks for listening. Micah in baseball and appreciate you texting the show. Glad to be back. Joe Schmo. On the text line says college overtime is better, but they should revert the change to the changes from last year. Oh, I see what you mean. So you, in the college game, Joe, you're saying they ought to get rid of this whole alternating two point plays and just play a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, Ready Teddy says Pat tie die is rolling over in his grave with all this overtime talk. Yeah, he had a bunch of ties in his career, didn't he, Teddy? He sure did. We lost him to COVID. Trey says, Matt, why do teams continue to play prevent in those situations? Uh, one of my teammates when I was at State in the late 90s, defensive player, defensive end linebacker, Cornell Menifee, he put on Facebook, I saw it during the games yesterday, and he says, my old coach, Joe Lee Dunn, used to tell us, you play de prevent defense, the only thing you do is prevent yourself from winning. <laughs> That's what he said. They remember <clears throat> what Coach Dunn used to say about it. You know, why do they play prevent? Because it's basically, you know, if you look at it from the perspective of an NFL defense, Patrick, I mean, uh, Trey, one, we're tired, two, we're thin. We don't sub as many. We've been defending Patrick Mahomes. Or we've been defending Tom Brady the entire ball game. Okay, now we've gotten this game in a situation where we want to make them execute against the clock some too. Right? 
We want to make him execute against the clock. The clock's getting down. Show me you got enough magic to beat the clock because you got you got a better chance of beating our man-to-man than you do beating that clock. I'm going to make you try to beat the clock and us. See what I'm saying? It's like a percentages deal. Because, uh, Trey, what happens? Tampa Bay defense yesterday. What happens? Kansas City defense last night. If you don't play prevent and are willing to give an NFL top-tier quarterback with a number one receiver a chance at one-on-one coverage late in the game, what's going to happen? <laughs> right over your head. Score. You give them a chance at one-on-one, they're going to take it, and they're going to make the play. You'd rather see if they can beat the clock because you know they can beat you in one-on-one. Patrick texted the show, said, yes, since Kansas City scored at the end of the fourth to send it to overtime, Buffalo should have received the kickoff, then play the entire overtime no matter who scores first. Um, yeah, so Patrick's idea was have an overtime that is like a continuation of the ball game. Like, don't start anything over, don't have a magical coin toss. He's saying... Like soccer, you get to the end, we ain't scored, time's out, it's tied, just keep on playing. Put more time on the clock. It's pretty interesting now. Just give them five more minutes. <laughs> but here's the thing about that, Patrick. Your idea may be better than what I just said because if you do just a continuation, then what is a team who has the ball at the end of the fourth quarter going to do? Sit on it. Because all you got to do is sit on it, let the time run out, and we still have the ball now with more time. They don't want to incentivize that. They do not want to incentivize conservative offense in the NFL. They want to incentivize you, win it, go win it, get it over with. See, so maybe what you're saying then is if you have the ball at the end of the fourth quarter and didn't score and time goes out, you start overtime by kicking it to them, (laughs) kicking it away to the other guys. And we just and and then have another quarter play. I'll tell you what now. Hmm. Patrick, they might need to sign you up, bring you in for a presentation. Up in where is uh where where are they headquartered? All right, let's jump over to the phone line, Divinity Equipment phone, Divinity Equipment Madison and in Jackson. Bernard hanging on line one. What's up, Bernard? Hey, what's going on, Matt? Hey, now two two questions. Uh, did you have a heart attack yesterday while watching the game? <laughs> Thank goodness, no. As well as, <laughs> uh, so I, I would advise you definitely tune in Tuesday because we're going to have a, a good conversation with Rob. Okay. Because I I wonder I, I wonder how many TVs did he break <laughs> at that game yesterday? Well, and so we're going we're, we're hey, to Bernard his Rob J's genuine explanation of how he felt when they scored with 13 seconds left to go ahead of the Chiefs, I cannot wait to hear what he says about that. The way the way that he explains sometimes how he has mistreated his TV, uh, if, he, if he damaged it when Davis scored, I don't think he had an opportunity to see the last play, <laughs> as well as the going through. <laughs> But hey, but but we will find out tomorrow. I know that much. That's great. Well, and then, and, and I'll the tune in. And then with the overtime, I'm kind of with someone kind of if and bust about it, but it still goes into it's, it's more it's it's, it's going to look more like a financial 
uh, situation because as some of those players' contracts, if they play X amount of plays, percentage of the plays, you know, they get bonus. And as well as they have to, they have to play so many plays to mm-hmm. get that particular bonus as well. So it's, it's with that overtime, it's going to play a whole lot of factor into it because I know they do not want those games to go on overtime sometimes, mm-hmm. especially monetary wise. Wow. See, uh, Bernard, I don't guess I, I hadn't even thought about that aspect, but incentives in player contracts of playing X amount of plays and you basically reach uh, an incentive in your contract that, that you you cash that, that incentive in. And so that's another reason owners prefer get the games over with, right? Yeah. Hmm. That's smart right there, I guess. <laughs> Good stuff, Bernard. Appreciate well, the call. Yes, sir. Thanks, thanks for the call. I didn't mean to cut him off. We got a little bit of a delay going on today on my end, so it's a little difficult there. But gosh, I mean, it's another thing that adds into it. They just, their 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 priority in the NFL and designing overtime is kind of the they're looking at it opposite of the way a lot of us look at it, right? And Bernard is so right about that. He's also so right that there is a chance that Rob J. Didn't even see overtime because he busted his TV prior to that. (laughs) I would love to hear Rob's explanation. I'll be listening tomorrow night for sure. Uh, A little bit of time left with you. When we come back, about 20 minutes left, and we'll we'll hit the rest of the text messages. We'll look at the uh, top 25 according to Baseball America in the preseason for college baseball, and then we'll get on out of here. I'm Matt. Stick around. Proudly required to present, present more of the Matt Wyatt Show. We have another totally awesome episode for you today. All right, back with you. Some time left. You know something else that I think the uh, the NFL owners, the teams, the commissioner, the television partners, everybody is, is something else everybody loves about the NFL overtime structure as it stands right now. It's the fact that we are all talking about it. <laughs> Again, against the backdrop of what we said earlier, which is absolutely true, it was never designed to be fair. That's not the objective, is to have something fair to everybody in the NFL overtime stuff. It's just another thing that I think they love about it. It's going to lead to, it's not probably going to change. The whole country is talking about it today. Especially if one of the leaders in the room of the 32 owners is Jerry Jones. Anybody know more about the value? I'm talking about this kind of value, money value, of people just talking about you all the time? More so than Jerry Jones? Uh, David said on Facebook, instead of a coin flip and during the... Uh, commercial break, have a field goal kickoff, starting with a 50-yarder, move back five, every made kick, just kicker and holder. Winner of the field goal kickoff gets the choice, like winning a coin flip, of kicking or receiving, and then the same rules would uh, apply as current. That's according to David. And now, yeah, if you had some sort of contest to decide who gets the ball first as opposed to kick, 
You know, a coin toss. That's not a bad idea either. It's different. It's different. I like it. Um, Josh's idea, country please and text line, both teams get five minutes, one timeout. Start on the 20-yard line, one possession each. If tied, do the two-point on two-yard line deal. Get it over with that way. So Josh's idea is basically for the NFL to sort of adopt what the college game is doing with its overtime now. Anthony texted in from Tupelo, and he said, I don't mind the overtime rules now for the regular season games, but it should be a little different in the playoffs. However, with the way the Bills played the final 13 seconds of the game, they deserve to lose. Not only the kick in the end zone, but playing prevent defense on the first play with Kansas City having two timeouts, and the offense they have was dumb. Yeah, giving them a completion. But see, you got to understand too, Anthony, it's the same Bills defense that twice had been burned by playing some version of you know, man or man with a cover on top. And once they hit Hill, who ran away from the defense and scored up the other side, and then the next time they came back and hit uh, Hardman, who turned it up and hit the sideline on the other side, and, and here they go. So they were willing to let you throw it in the middle just so we can kind of keep you corralled, make you play against the clock. Denzel said all these complaining about the NFL overtime rules in the playoffs, yet I didn't hear anybody complaining when the Patriots beat the Falcons in the Super Bowl and Matt Ryan not getting a chance to touch the ball in overtime. What's the difference? Yeah, there is no difference. Uh, QB1 said he likes Patrick's idea. Sammy Dale said, uh, forget the coin toss to start overtime. I'd love to see some type of jump ball scenario at midfield. Much more entertaining and fairer than a coin toss. Olivier telling us that NFL headquarters are in Manhattan. Okay. No wonder they pay the commissioner so much. He has to live in Manhattan. (laughs) Have you seen the, the rent? It's too high. Jason in Flagstaff said, here's a couple of pictures a friend of mine took over the weekend, Tishomingo State Park. Wow, frozen. And I got, you know, a lot of the icicles hanging off the the falls there at Tishomingo State Park. Jason, thanks for sending me those pictures. I I need to get up there and see that. They freeze over again. Appreciate that very much. Okay, and just to kind of go back and hit on a couple of things uh, from earlier in the show, because there's been so much NFL talk on today's show. Yes, uh, Mississippi State got a win in men's basketball over Ole Miss, so they'll split again this year. Ole Miss won in Oxford earlier. State come back and uh, win in Starkville on Saturday, 78-60, to 60, an 18-point win, 20 points for Iverson Molinar. He goes over the 1,000-point mark in his career at Mississippi State. State's record now goes out to 13-5. and five. They are 4-2 and two in the SEC and get to go. They're rewarded with a trip to Kentucky this week. Wow. Ole Miss goes back to an even 500, 9-9 in the year. They are 1-5 in the SEC. Here's what it sounded like on the radio with the voice of the Bulldogs, Neil Price and Coach Richard Williams on the call from Learfield. Molinar at the top, catch and shoot three, swish. Well, that's a good sign for Iverson to make that three-pointer, Neil. We know he hasn't shot it well this year, but we know he's capable. 7-4, to four, Mississippi State by three. Iverson Molinar's 20th tray of the year. Batted in the air by Brooks, stolen by State. Moore on the drive, scoops it up with the right hand, and the finger roll is good for Shaquille Moore. 
Nobody stopped the ball. First rule of defense, stopped the ball in transition. Shaquille Moore never got stopped, drove it all the way to the rim. 46-44 State, 17-24 to go. Moore gets it inside to Garrison Brooks, and he drops the two-hand hammer. Yeah, but what a pass by Shaquille Moore. He saw the defender on the top side of Garrison. He made the perfect pass away from the defender, led Garrison right to the rim. 15 in a row for the Bulldogs. 66-49 State, 6.50 left. To rough it in front court, angling right outside the arc, gets into the lane, coughed it up, ran into Brooks. Stolen by Molinar, drives to the other end, lays it in. And Iverson Molinar goes past the 1,000 career point plateau as he scores his 18th today to make it 76-57 Bulldogs. Iverson's gonna be able to dribble out the final 10 seconds. For a fifth consecutive year, State and Ole Miss are going to split their regular season series. The Bulldogs hammer the Rebels today here in Starkville, 78-60 to win their seventh game in their last nine in front of a raucous crowd here at Humphrey Coliseum. State at a little over 9,000 there. So State on Tuesday night will play at 8 o'clock tomorrow night on ESPN at Kentucky. Kentucky's coming off that loss to Auburn. Nine points they lose on the road. Auburn beats them 80-71. Auburn's the new number one team in the country. So State goes to Kentucky on Tuesday night, tomorrow night, 8 o'clock tip on ESPN. Wednesday night, Ole Miss will host a red-hot Arkansas team at 6 in the Pavilion. That'll be on TV on the SEC Network. Uh, Baseball America, the latest college baseball preseason poll to come out. Texas is Baseball America's number one. Vandy, number two. And at number three, Mississippi State, last year's national champs. They're in there at three in the Baseball America preseason poll. Notre Dame, four. Virginia, five. Six through ten are Florida, Stanford, Arkansas at eight, Ole Miss at nine, and at ten is LSU. That's the Baseball America preseason top ten. There is a 25 other SECs, you got uh, Georgia at 14, you got Tennessee at 17, and uh, that's it. There's your SECs in their preseason top 25. Let's head over to the phone line, Divinity Equipment phone line. Jay hanging on in Baltimore, Maryland. Jay, good to hear from you. What's up? Well, hey, Matt, so that does make four top 10 rankings for the Bulldogs as we head into the season. Now, I'm pretty bullish on these Bulldogs. And their chances this year. Now, I will say that until I listen to one Charlie Winfield remind us in a podcast with Bart yesterday that look, we're we're losing the SEC Player of the Year in Tanner Allen. Of course, mm-hmm. not even mention uh, Rowdy Jordan. Our Friday night guy has never started a game in the SEC. We can't really definitively say who's even going to start on Saturday and Sunday. And we only have one player, Brad Thomas, returning who hit over 300 last year. So, where are you? just weeks away from opening day with the Bulldogs squad. Overrated, or you think this ranking looks right? I think, Jay, from a talent perspective, they are not overrated. In terms of talent and the way Lamonis recruits and and what the program has done, they've, you know, we have to also remember the context, Jay, and I know you know this, I'm preaching to the, the choir here, but we have to also remember the context that you, you do lose all those things, but they've lost all that before. You know, they lost Rooker and turn around and go to the College World Series with an interim coach. You know, they've been to Omaha for what now? Uh, three straight years. Um, 18, 19, yeah, 18, 19, 21, and win it in 21. So it, it's not the first time the program, they're recruiting at a high enough level, they are able to have a talent level to stand up there and go, we're, we're up here with Texas and Vanderbilt. 
Okay, but my my but statement right there, Jay, and I, I'd love to know your thoughts with about a minute left. It's not going to be a year like it was last year. You're going to lose some midweek games this year. You're going to drop some games early. This is going to be get in a position to be in the postseason and play your best then when you aren't inexperienced anymore at some of these spots. But it's not going to be a go out here and just mow everybody down and not lose any midweek games like it was a year ago. What do you think? Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's going to be – there's a lot of unanswered questions. I think the pitching staff is number one. Um, I do believe, without a doubt, we have the arms. I'll just say this. Lamonis has always pulled the right levers. I think this is going to be – I want. we'll just say his most challenging – year of coaching so far there's going to be a lot of decisions that have to be made and i'm looking forward to it thanks matt hey i am too and i really appreciate your call jay glad we're talking about it this time of year it'll be here before we know it always good to hear from you talk college baseball it's going to be maybe lamonis's most challenging year not only replacing players and moving some guys around sims you want sims to go from dominant closer to dominant friday night but also just in terms of expectations I mean, you go win it all, every time you roll out there, you're going to have a bigger crowd than you used to with a bigger expectation for you to win it. And when you don't, there may be a bigger reaction. That's just part of it, I think. Something to consider. For Bill, I'm Matt. All of us here in the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. See you all tomorrow. See you.